one fellow disciple's experience of his relationship with his beloved Messiah. And you know what? That is priceless. Because you know, we're not living during the time when Yeshua was walking literally on this earth. And as a brand new believer, I became very, very jealous of those men and women who had the opportunity to be hugged by Yeshua, to hear his voice, to feel his touch, to be rebuked, to be encouraged, and to know him. Think about that. For three to three and a half years, those men and women had that opportunity. But you know what? We have it written down for us in those four good news, those four reports of what relationship was with our Messiah. And sometimes we forget about this, but Luke, the doctor, he was not one of the original 12. And so what he did was he recorded. He wrote down the things that were going on secondhand. So now, you know what? That's been blessing people for centuries. So now as we turn to God's word, know this. Yes, we're getting a secondhand interpretation of what, of what a relationship with Yeshua is. But you know something? The same spirit that was dwelling within them is dwelling in you and I today. And we can rejoice in that. And that's why when we spend time reading the good news, it becomes alive to us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So today's message is entitled, The Kingdom of Heaven is a Good Seed. Let us now turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, and we'll begin in verse 24. And Yeshua put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while the people were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat, then went away. Hear those words. Here a man tried to do what was good. He prepared the soil. It was a season to plant the seed. He was ordained of God to plant a certain seed, which is wheat, which represents what? The bread of life, which represents Messiah. And all of us who are in Messiah, he said, this is the bread that you shall eat of, the spiritual bread. So let us continue. But the enemy comes. A neighbor comes. And what does he do? He goes there and he plants weeds in there. Let's continue. Verse 26. When the weeds sprouted and formed heads of grain, the weeds also appeared. There is a plant in Israel that's called zoin that looks exactly like wheat until the time when the heads, the kernels of wheat are formed upon that plant. Then you're able to discern what is the zoin, 
which is a poisonous ryegrass or what is wheat that brings life. Let's continue here. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? See, this is their observation. Here is his, his servants. They've been watching these small plants grow. And from the outside, it appeared that this was a pure wheat field. But they did not know. They were not awake there to see this neighbor come in and plant these weeds, which were what? Ryegrass, poisonous ryegrass, zoin. And that's why now they are looking in the field. And the servants now give a report back to their master. And they say to him, did you not sow good seed? Because they have discernment. They see that now among the seed that is pure wheat, because of the grains are able to distinguish from their discernment, they also see that zoin, that, that poisonous ryegrass, is growing in the same place. Let's continue here. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed into your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. Why? How does he know this? Because he examined the seed prior to his planting. He meticulously examined every seed. And you know why? He was part of the harvest from the year before. And he knew this, that all the rye or other weeds that were growing were eliminated because you know what happens at harvest time? You'll have both weeds and weeds growing together. And what they do first is they recognize what is wheat and what is weeds, and they separate them too. And they gather that together, they tie it up, and they throw it on the fire. And the only thing that is truly then harvested is the pure weeds. And so the master knew that the seeds that, that were placed in these bags were pure wheat seeds. That's why he has now the discernment to say that the enemy has done this. Continuing, the servants asked him, then do you want us to pull them up? He's, they're speaking now of the weeds. But he said, no, because you will pull up the weeds. You might also uproot some of the wheat at the same time. The seed now represents this. True believers in Messiah. They've been washed. They've been renewed by the spirit of the living God. Just as today, what do we have in this world? Both true believers and people that appear to be believers. People who confess to know Yeshua... But in time, what happens? They do not bear what? Good, pure fruits. In this context, they do not, and they're, as they're being beaten and shaped in the form of Messiah, they do not become edible bread. Let's continue here. Let them both grow up together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers to go collect the weeds first. See, here's another class of servants. These are the reapers. 
and they're instructed to do certain things as their master asks them to do. Okay? So let's continue here. I will tell the reapers to collect the weeds, to first tie them in bundles to be burned, but to gather the wheat into my barn. Yeshua put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which takes, which a man takes and sows in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it grows up, it is larger than any garden plant and becomes a tree so that the birds flying about come and nest in its branches. And he told them yet another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with a bushel of flour, then waited until the whole batch of dough rose. How often is scripture, is yeast or leaven seen as being evil? Right? But isn't it amazing that God ordains pure wheat to be touched by what? That which is evil. And then it expands, and then it's being revealed. Yeshua said, I am the light of the world. So the same are we. We are his lights and we are witnesses to the world. And it's amazing. For us to shine brightly or for us to become edible wheat, what do we have to be near? Leaven. Which that way the people are able to distinguish what is pure and what is unpure. You know, I'm always amazed that at certain times of the year, David, can you lift up that loaf of challah that's on the front uh, chair there? Most of the time of the year, we are able to eat bread that has leaven in it, right? But there's one time of the year where we're not able to do that. And what time of year is that? Pesach, Pesach Passover, that's right. So it's amazing. God allows us to consume that which has leaven in it for most of the year. And it gives us nourishment and strength. But at one time of the year, during Pesach, he says all the leaven must be removed. Just as when people look at your witness, they see that you are both a mixture of pure wheat and there's leaven in our lives, right? That way people can identify with us. Because if we were simply matzah, they would not come anywhere near our door, right? They see us in all our frailty. But they see there's hope. For there is joy in us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let us continue now. All these things Yeshua said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without using a parable. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables, and I will say what was hidden since the creation of the universe. Now, which prophet declared this? It's, that's correct. Was not David a king? But he was also a prophet. That's from Psalm 78 2. It's amazing. David exposed David, King David, as a prophet. Bless the Lord. Verse 36. Then he left the crowds and he went into the house. His Talmudim, his disciples, approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. 
Today, we're hearing Yeshua's voice explained to us. I know he's using my voice today. But just pretend, if you will, we're now in the house. And we're the 12, and we're assembled around Yeshua. And the question is asked by us. Explain to us, Yeshua, the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered me. The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Okay, Talmudim, what does the son of man refer to? To whom? Yeshua, who is what? The Mashiach, the Messiah. See, that is like a clue to his Talmudim, declaring before them, because there isn't there many times where Yeshua says, hey, look, Look to me, for I will say, you, say to you plain and clearly, I am the Mashiach, I am the Messiah. See, Yeshua has many, many names throughout all the scripture. The Son of Man is the first and foremost. Going on, the field is the world. As for the good seed, these are the people who belong to the kingdom. How many here belong to the kingdom? Amen. How many of you who are listening on the podcast belong to the kingdom? This message is for you. And the weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who sows them is the adversary. Okay? Because from the perspective of the people and for the Talmudim, they believed that the enemy was the Pharisees, the Purushim, and they were not. The adversary is Hasatan, the devil. That's Yeshua's words, not my own. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvester are whom? Angels. They are the ones who will present us before Abba, Father God. Whether we are from the grave or we're yet alive. And we're caught up to be in his presence. You know what's beautiful? 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17 says this. That when the trump, when the great shofar is blown. And all believers upon the earth. That the dead in Messiah shall be raised first. And who's going to be their escort according to the scripture here? The holy angels. The warring angels. The guardian angels will present them before Abba, Father, God. Continuing, just as the weeds are collected and burned up in fire, so it will be in the end of the age. The Son of Man, Mashiach, Messiah, Yeshua, will send forth his angels. Just think about that. Every day that comes on the angels' minds is this. Is this the day where we go and we escort the redeemed of the Lord? in the presence of Abba, Father God. From every sun up to sundown, that goes through their minds. So continuing. So it will be at the end of the age, the Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all the things that cause people to sin, and all the people who are far off from Torah. Continuing. And they will throw them into the fiery furnace 
where the people will wail and grind their teeth. Now, this is not a man's interpretation of what things are to be. This is the Son of God, the one who the Father, Abba Father, has given all authority and power and decision on. He shall be the judge of all things, for he judges in righteousness and holiness. And has he not laid down his own life so that every man and woman and child who's ever lived on this earth can be part of the redeemed of God? Going on, verse 43. Then the righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever hears, let him hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and man found it and hid it again. Then in great joy went out and he sold everything he owned and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on lookout for a fine pearls. On finding very valuable pearl, he went away and he sold everything he owned and bought it. This speaks about the relationship that you have with Yeshua. And everyone who is hearing my voice here in this room knows Yeshua intimately. And you've given everything up. Because Yeshua said this, it's going to cost you everything that you may have relationship with him. To set aside every other relationship we have on this earth, to put him preeminence as a lover of our soul. Everything we own, has he not given to us? Are we not willing to sacrifice everything to him who has given us everything? So that those things will not have us, but we will be his beloved possession. That he is ours. Continuing. Once more, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into a lake that caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen brought up the net onto the shore and sat down and collected the good fish in the baskets, but threw the bad fish away. So it will be in the close of the age. The angels will go forth and separate evil people from among the righteous and throw them into a fiery furnace where they will wail and grind their teeth. Then Yeshua turns to his Talmudim. He looks them straight in the eye and he asks them this question. Have you understood all these things? And that's what the Spirit of the living God asks us today. We've heard these parables. We've had Yeshua expound upon them, give us great insight, told us exactly what these words meant. And so he's asking us today, do we fully understand them? And if so, are we proclaiming them to others? We are his ambassadors. We are his voice upon this earth. We have such a short time on this earth where we may be able to be used as his spokespeople. To do what? To proclaim the good news and not hide the hope that dwells within us.
Have you understand all these things? Yes, they answered. He said to them, So then, every Torah teacher who has been made into a Talmudim, a disciple, for the kingdom of heaven is like a owner of a home who brings out his storage room, both new things and old. You know, there was many, many times when I read that scripture over and over again, and I asked the Lord, give me more insight what that means. Here he's speaking to whom? The 12 that are before him are from what nation? The nation of Israel. And so what they have been walking in is a old covenant. And what is he establishing before them? But a brand new covenant, the Brit Hadashah. There are beautiful things that are symbolic, the foundation stones of the Brit Hadashah. And if we do not have a good comprehension and understanding and education of the Tanakh, the Torah, the Brit Hadashah, doesn't really make sense. And it's from that storage now, these treasures come forth. And that's why I speak to you people of the nations. Study Torah, study the Tanakh, that you may have the foundation stone clearly laid. And know this, that your foundation is not built upon simply Torah and the Tanakh, but is upon the chief cornerstone who is Yeshua, who will give you proper interpretation of what Torah is and how to apply it to your daily life. Let's continue. Then Yeshua had finished these parables and he left and he went to his hometown. There he taught them in their synagogue in a way that astounded them so that they asked, where, where does this man's wisdom and miracles come from? Isn't this a carpenter's son? And this is what people will say to you. From your occupation or from your relatives, who does she or he think they are? But I'm astounded by this wisdom. And the power of God is being manifested deliberately through their lives. And they will be astounded. Isn't this... Isn't his mother called Miriam? Remember, this is Yeshua's hometown. They saw him grow up. They saw him attend the synagogue. They saw him called up from time to time once he reached the age of bar mitzvah age to read about the Torah and then to expound upon it just like Alan did today and as many of you have been doing here. So they knew him, but they did not understand where all this power and authority and wisdom came from. And his brothers, Yaakov, Yosef, Shimon, and Yehuda. Wait a second. Doesn't the Roman Catholic Church say that Mary, Miriam, was perpetually a virgin all the days of her life on this earth? Here is Yeshua's Stepbrothers mentioned by name. Let's read them again. Yaakov, Yosef, Shimon, Yehuda, that is Jacob, Joseph, Simon, and Judah. And his sisters. Wait a second. Yeshua had biological sisters? Absolutely, the scripture says. But you know what? 
I look forward to meeting them in heaven, that I may be introduced to them, because the scripture does not give us their names. I'll leave that at that. Aren't they all with us? So where does he get all this? They took offense at him. Why? Because they were jealous. Continuing, but Yeshua said to them, the only place people don't respect a prophet is in his own hometown and is in his own house. And he did few miracles there because of their lack of trust. Now, as a Messianic believer in Messiah, I know this, that just as Yeshua was put down for who he is in the Father's kingdom, so all believers, both Messianic believers and who are Jews and those who are Messianic believers from the nations, there are times when family members will put you down and say, who do you think you are? I know you. And they'll lay story upon story upon story. They'll bring up the dirt and throw it into your face. But just as Yeshua did, he showed them mercy, grace, and loving kindness. And you know what's amazing? There was a time when Yeshua's brothers did not believe that he was a, was a Mashiach. They thought he was what? He was Meshuggah. That means crazy. Okay. But the book of Acts, the book of Galatians, all record that every member of his family came to acknowledge and believe and trust in him. So those of us who have family members, who have seen our witness, as we have through our frailty, tried to live out our lives before God in a holy, righteous life. And you know what? We've failed many, many times. Know this, the scripture declares this. If you shall be saved, so shall you, your whole household be saved. Amen? And it's on that promise we build the kingdom. Because there are times when family members have told me, I've forsaken the family, and I've gone after this Yeshua. What a blessing that is. As one by one, they come to know Yeshua. And that's the legacy all believers desire to live, to leave. Happy Hanukkah and Shabbat Shalom.